Welcome to Growing Older with Gusto. This is your host, Gail Zergerman, and on this podcast, we deal with something everyone faces, growing older. For years, I've been listening to those who have gone before and even blogging about what to do and how to do it. Now it's my chance to share with you these really useful strategies to living life to the fullest. Whether we're 30, 60, or beyond, Growing Older with Gusto explores how to make the most of your life. In each episode, you'll hear from different people and learn how to prosper at any age and with different types of conditions and go about embracing the future. So grab your earbuds and subscribe into our content as we hope that you too will join us on our journey to finding joy and fulfillment and growing older with Gusto. Hello. Superagers, welcome to the latest episode of Growing Older with Gusto. I'm your host, Gail Zergerman, with the podcast that brings inspiring and wisdom-bearing guests to you. Today, I'm happy to be joined by Lucia Knight, who's coming to us from the UK. She's the founder of Midlife Unstuck and author of a book called Exchange. Lucia has taken her work and life experience prior to midlife and put it together to help others get unstuck in life and in their careers. Her book explains in her words, which I love, how to quote, torch your work treadmill, retire your boss, escape a toxic office, torment the passive aggressive, get your fierce on and design something that will allow you to live, love and laugh post midlife. Our show today will focus on what she calls the experiment that started her on her personal path to helping others discover the work they love, and to move forward. It's quite a story, so let's get started. Welcome to Growing Older with Gusto, Lucia Knight. Hey there, it's wonderful to see you. (laughs) Good to see you too, and I know you've warned us that we might hear a few rah-rahs or whatever about the kids going back to school in the UK, so we understand. You have such an interesting background, very energetic, and I'd like to start at the beginning. So share your story with us. So I am from Northern Ireland and I escaped Northern Ireland when I was 16 and I kept escaping life uh, as long as I could. So I spent 20 years in a career in headhunting in the UK, all over the UK, in Australia, back to the UK. And 20 years in, I started to lose the will. I just find myself falling into a midlife crisis and I don't mind calling it a midlife crisis. I'm not at all embarrassed, but it was all around my work. And I have this philosophy, I have this belief that most midlife crises start at work. And I just felt myself falling into a bit of a dip, uh, being boxed in, not enjoying my work, dissatisfied with work and felt that I needed to box myself out, but didn't know how to do it. Interesting. So you told me it's about something called what you refer to as the experiment or experiments. So tell us what that's all about. So I think when you're boxed in, in, there's a few ways to get out of it. And I didn't know anyone else who had ever changed career in their 40s and loved it or find a new path. I didn't know anyone in my network who did this. But I also didn't know anyone who was doing anything different. Everybody was kind of on the treadmill. We were all had families, uh, kids in schools, going on holidays because we were exhausted from work. And I decided that I just needed to shake it up. So I did it really, really in a tiny, tiny way because 
I started to experiment and some of the experiments were so ridiculously tiny because I knew that our brain is frightened of experiments. Our brain gets crazy, crazy about us thinking that we're doing something dangerous. So I started tiny little things like I'd go to bed earlier and watch TED Talks. I'd um, teach myself how to do a handstand over 28 days or I would um, cook a different recipe or I would... Uh, learn a language or do something but in the confines of my own home and no one ever knew I was doing this but I was breaking out experiment by experiment out of my midlife crisis uh, midlife career crisis and those experiments grew and grew as time went on so I know we've talked about this that those are your like tiny tiny experiments so what what are some of the what you call the fierce midlife experiments well so they're a bit bigger (laughs) (laughs) So they're a bit bigger just because as I did the tiny ones, I gained in confidence. I gained in a certain, um, it'll be okay. Like there's nothing, I I wasn't doing anything that was going to rock the world. I didn't go parachuting without a parachute. You know, I just grew in experimentation status. So I did some really cool things with, um, I cycled around an island close to us. Uh, on a basket bike and everybody was laughing at me they were all what is a basket bike is that like a a two where you just have the like jessica landy and murder she wrote that kind of thing that's exactly the one (laughs) yeah so this island was filled with midlife men in lycra laughing at me and a few friends in a basket bike and a nice hat um or i decided to walk five million miles in a year So I got big, but still it was all just about me. But the key came when I decided to share some of these experiments with friends. Right. (laughs) So how does you refer to this as sharing the magic? Tell us about that. It's kind of hard to explain, but I just felt something growing inside me. And it was a bit of joy, uh, a bit of laughter, a bit of silliness, a bit of lightness about life, you know, and life had got pretty heavy in my 40s. 20 year career, and I just needed to shake it up. So I started to invite friends to join me on these experiments. And some of them might just be a 10 mile walk close to where we were. But uh, a a big one was walking two of the French Alps in 12 hours. That was crazy fun, crazy fun. I'm curious, what, what ignited some of these thoughts and experiments? Like, how did you come up with this? Well, I... It's a really good question. How did I come up with them? I just, I think you build momentum. When you start tiny, I just got used to doing it every week. There'll be something new. And then people said, what are you doing this week? And so interesting. there was, you know, some interest. So they just grew and grew. And then when you get, when I got some friends to do it with me, then they go, what are we doing next year? And then we start to talk. So it started out tiny, then you told to other people, they sort of joined in, the ones that wanted to shake their lives up a little bit. And you also mentioned that I know everybody has several what you call superpowers. Tell our viewers about discovering your superpowers. So in doing these experiments, I realized that I was a little bit different to some people. I had built up this inner lack of fear and people were always saying to me, that's really crazy what you're doing. And it didn't feel that crazy after time. So I I started to understand that if I wanted to change my career, I had to figure out what I was good at, but not just good at what I was great at. 
And I searched the world for ways to do this and took bits and pieces from all sorts of places. But I understood from some research that I'd done, one of the experiments I did was go back to university and do a master's in psychology. Well, one of the one of the elements that I understood behind a happy career was that you got to use your unique strengths every day or very often. And mm-hmm. I just thought it needs to be more specific than that. So I went about trying to discover what are the four things or five things that I do better than most people in the world and certainly most people that I know. And I called that my superpowers. And then I just needed to design those superpowers into my work. Very cool. Very cool. So I know you found after you did this that you had several superpowers. What were some of your favorite superpowers? What well, one stands of them out is most powerful, I guess? So I think I've got one of the superpowers that I love using is I can take complexity and make it really, really simple. And one of the other things that I've discovered is one of my superpowers is looking at human behavior and understanding the patterns behind it and helping people to move one step forward. So what would be a good framework for our viewers and listeners who want to learn how to discover their superpowers? What would you tell them to do? So I've got this really easy framework. One of the things about superpowers is that you don't rate them yourself as highly as others do. So it is kind of hard to figure it out, but I encourage your readers or your listeners to take an A4 sheet of paper and to split it into four. And in the first quarter, write the longest list they possibly can about what people compliment them on. What are they doing when they receive compliments? And the second bit is what are they doing when time passes quickly for them in work and out of work? The third bit is what are they doing when they should be doing something else? So what would they prefer to be doing? And the final one is what part of their work life would they do for free just for the fun of it? Yeah. Now that might not be a long list, but that whole page encompasses your superpower summer. There will be patterns in it and it's a really brilliant place to start. That sounds really powerful. It almost sounds like a combination of mind mapping and a vision board in a way. So though, and I know anytime you write anything down, it's powerful. That sounds great. That sounds great. Talk to us a little bit and chat about what you call your fierce emporium. Okay, so the book, that exactly? the book title that you read out, Gail, mm-hmm. is um, in that book, I interviewed 100 people who had changed career beyond the age of 40 and described themselves as happier because of it. And in those 100 people, I recognized eight um, traits of those individuals and of their change that allowed them to do it successfully. So I've wow. put those eight traits into what I call the fierce cube. And so people come to the fierce emporium to learn how to design their successful careers in, in terms of a change using the eight patterns from those hundred interviews. Wow. And you mentioned that they were people over 40, 50 into 60 even, right? Yeah. There's That's a, there's great. A, so you're never too old to change, right? <laughs> That's, That's what I call my newsletter. Never too old, never too late. That's great. I like that tagline. So 
you are so passionate about what you do. It's really been nice chatting with you. And I was wondering, how can our listeners and our viewers contact you? What's the easiest, best way? The easiest place to catch me is on my website, which is midlifeunstuck.com. Great. Well, I'm sure you will be getting a lot of people that want to reach out to you. This has been fascinating. So thank you for being on Growing Older with Gusto today. It is my absolute pleasure. Thank you very much, Gail. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growing Older with Gusto. I'm Scott Winteroth, co-producer, and on behalf of Gail Zuckerman and myself, we would like to invite you to our website for additional resources on Growing Older with Gusto, as well as past episodes of the show. Please consider sharing this podcast with a friend. Or if you know someone who is growing older with Gusto, please have them contact us so we can interview them on the show. Our contact information is on our website. Thank you. This podcast is a Front and Social production. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.